Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. And today we are doing another Frequently Asked Questions interview. And this time we have Dave Thomas, who is the owner and founder of Reps. Now, they deal with environmental health and safety instruments, and he has over 40 years with gas detection, specifically with confined spaces. So we're going to hop right into this interview with Dave, and we're grateful for his time. So thank you for joining us today, Dave, talking about a very specific area of expertise, but always good to know what ways in which people are being kept safe. So when it comes to confined spaces, uh, how does OSHA define a confined space uh, versus just a, a different location? So a confined space under the OSHA definition has a limited or restricted means for entry or exit as not designed for continuous occupancy. Those are the kind of things that, uh, I mean, those are the main criteria there. They include uh, spaces like tanks, vessels, silos, storage bins, hoppers, vaults, pits, manholes, tunnels, equipment housings, can even include ductwork and pipelines. A lot of different areas where people can be working that basically aren't an office or, or a building, or could they be in a building as well? Well, it, it, usually not just a building by itself, but you know, a tank inside of a building, even something like uh, underneath uh, a lot of paint, fume hood type operations are sometimes a, a, a holding pit or something like that. That could be uh, considered a confined space. Now, confined spaces aren't really the most exciting place to be, especially if you have claustrophobia. What made you want to get involved with confined spaces? So but my background is mostly on the gas detection side of confined space working. I started for with a company called Drager that is a worldwide manufacturer of gas monitors and then uh, have been selling numerous of those over the last 40 years. So it was just kind of uh, an industry I fell into actually right out of college and have enjoyed seeing it involved when I got into this industry in, in actually 1981. So as I say, 40 years in this, there were only a few manufacturers of gas detection on the market, mainly servicing industries like the steel industry, a uh, little bit oil and gas, then the mining industry, but mostly steel and mining. It is kind of interesting. I, I've seen it evolve from gas monitors that were lunchbox size to gas monitors that are the size, some of them smaller than a pager, about the size of a watch. So it's it's really been very interesting to see the involvement in that. So, But that's how I got involved in confined space monitoring and, and, and gas detection. Dave, that just kind of goes in perfectly with where we were headed. You know, you, you just said you've been around for 40 years, you've seen the evolution. So where are we currently with the gas monitoring when it comes to these confined spaces? And, and what historical significance have you seen on how we got to where we are today. So as I mentioned, prior to 1994, there were maybe five or six manufacturers of gas monitors for confined space. In 1994, OSHA changed to start requiring the monitoring of those uh, spaces. And at that point, it boomed and all kinds of companies jumped into the industry. We were up around 35, 40 manufacturers. There's been a lot of consolidation. The, the market can't support that many players in it, but we've, we've settled down. There's probably I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 20 different manufacturers of, of gas monitors. When I first got into this, a lot of times it was only combustible gases and oxygen. 
So that was LE, known as an LEL meter, O2 meter. We've evolved to there's what's commonly referred to as, as a standard confined space monitor, which was oxygen, LEL, lower explosive limit, combustible gases, and carbon monoxide and hydrogen sulfide. And that came out of a couple areas. One, in sewers and so forth, you have what is known as sewer gas, sometimes stink gas you'll hear it referred to, and that is hydrogen sulfide. And then the carbon monoxide was actually mostly used for when you were ventilating the spaces, people were using gas-powered ventilators and so forth, which could potentially put carbon monoxide in a confined space as well. So those are some of the things. What has happened lately is that a lot of the manufacturers have now added what's known as a PID or photoionization detector. And that is very, very helpful because it's gonna pick up much lower levels of potentially toxic gases than an LEL or combustible gas sensor will. Those are reading at the percent by volume level, which starts at 10,000 parts per million. But there's many, many toxic gases that are toxic to 25 ppm, 50 parts per million, that if you were just relying on that LEL sensor, you're not going to see anything. And in fact, I was just reading some things last night about you know workers going down in a confined space and being asphyxiated with gases that didn't show up on their LEL sensor, but had they had a monitor there that was reading other gases might have. So basically, that's the difference between going from like 3G to 5G. Is that, that the biggest jump type that you're talking about in uh, yeah. power and ability? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, maybe even uh, from uh, dial up to, to 5G. I oh, think. wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And what do you think are some of the common mistakes that companies make when it comes to gas detection? Is it just reliant on old equipment or is it just standard operating procedures? What's a common mistake that you've seen that people should pay attention to? Yeah, no, that's great. Great question. The most instruments now will have an internal pump in the instrument. So if you're going into a confined space, often that's 10, 20, 30, sometimes deeper in depth if you're going silos and so forth. The thing is they usually drop a hose of some sort, an open hose that into that confined space. And one of the biggest problems is, or two, two big problems. One, not waiting long enough for the gas sample to come up and come across the sensors in the instrument. And then secondly, I would say not monitoring at different levels. So different gases stratify at different levels. And so when you're entering a doing confined space monitoring with a gas monitor, you always want to monitor at the low level, at the medium level, and at the top of the tank because the gases could be different at each one of those levels. So those are probably the biggest thing. The second thing was just making sure your instrument is working correctly by making sure it's calibrated. Uh, the, the standard has pretty much come that you should bump uh, a gas monitor before every use. That's basically applying some gases to it to make sure that your sensors are reading correctly. They're not dead. They're not working correctly, or they are working correctly. So don't bump it as in a percussive maintenance bump, but uh, give it a little test run. Yeah, it's, it's basically taking the same gases that you would calibrate it with and then applying it to the unit for 10 or 15 seconds. It should all, they should all go into alarm, so the gases inside the bottle would all be at the level that the uh, monitor would alarm at and making sure those are all working. The gas monitor is not any good if it's not working correctly. Dave, you know, it, it sounds like there's probably some training involved that needs to happen so that people don't make these mistakes. What are just, what's some standard training for confined spaces and gas detection? Yeah, absolutely. Great point. We want we want to make sure, again, it doesn't do you any good to hand a person a gas monitor and just tell them to turn it on and use it. They need to know 
what are the levels of oxygen that they're required there's in oxygen we actually have two worries we have oxygen deficiency which could uh, create not enough oxygen for the employee to breathe and we have oxygen enrichment so if it's over 23 percent oxygen it actually becomes a more combustible potentially more combustible space if there were combustible gases also in there so it's important to know and it's important to know that when the alarm goes off you don't say oh i'm almost done with this task I just I only have a few more minutes. You know, all those things have to be done. How to how to bump the instrument to make sure it's working, how to calibrate, how to maintain it, how to make sure that gas monitor is working correctly. It's there to save their lives. If it's not working correctly, then it won't do that. Well, I just want to thank you, Dave. It was really great for you to hit all these different highlights, and I think our audience is definitely going to learn a lot. So if you just want to leave us with your contact information so people can get a hold of you if they have any questions. Sure. It's uh, Dave Dave Thomas, and uh, the name of our company is Reps, and our toll-free number is 866-657-3777. Great. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Dave. Thank you all. We really want to thank Dave Thomas for joining us today and giving us some hard hitters on gas detection in confined spaces and really answering those frequently asked questions. You know, something I found interesting was when he said that it's not necessarily the amount of gas that they're trying to detect, but how much oxygen is actually there, because that makes a big difference too. And you have to have the oxygen part of it in as well. So thanks again to Dave and thank you for listening to this frequently asked questions episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. We are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. To get started preventing injuries, visit our website at wellworkforce.com or email us at podcast at wellworkforce.com with any questions or comments. And remember, prevention improves lives. <laughs>